encounter uh, with Jesus Christ, uh, whether we have experienced the grace and loving kindness uh, that he offers, uh, whether we have followed his direction that he makes uh, so clearly available to us as we seek it in Scripture and from his people. Uh, This morning and next Sunday uh, will be the last two times that I teach uh, at Capital Community, uh, certainly for the coming school year uh, and maybe for uh, a very long time. Uh, Indeed, uh, I and Iris has uh, and I have been in vocational Christian ministry for 36 years. And uh, the story of my adult life, uh, vocationally, uh, has unfolded in segments of almost exactly nine years. Uh, On average, uh, every nine years over this 36-year period, God has directed me and then us uh, from one kind of activity and focus into something uh, really different normally. So Iris and I have experienced some fresh direction uh, from the Lord in the last uh, six months, actually for the last couple of years, uh, but that has led to some major new decisions uh, for in our lives. And so I will leave Beijing on August 26. Uh, Iris will be leaving on September 7 uh, after she speaks to a couple of women's groups here at Capitol. Uh, and we will spend at least uh, this coming year in the States. Uh, Iris's dad is uh, dying of terminal lung cancer. Uh, he has asked us to um, come back. He has no one else to care for him, uh, not in any reasonable way. So that's a request that we uh, certainly cannot refuse. So we're going to go spend at least the fall trying to care for him as he passes. Uh, and then in the spring, uh, we are exploring some ministry opportunities that have been become that we've become aware of and that uh, that we are uh, going to engage in. Uh, we certainly happy to come back to Beijing. Uh, we have had a wonderful 20 years here, but we can't say with uh, certainty that that will be the direction that God uh, leads us in. Uh, so. Um, what, uh, since I've been the pastor of Capital Community since it began 10 years ago, I wanted to spend just the remaining few minutes this morning telling briefly the story of Capital Community uh, over these past uh, 10 years. And I'm going to ask my sweet wife, Iris, to come up and help me. So please come up if you will. Yeah, right now. Right now, baby. <laughs> We're going to tell kind of the story of Capital Community uh, briefly uh, this morning as we have observed it. And then next, uh, next week, the two of us are going to share key values uh, that we hope that Capital will maintain uh, in the years uh, to come and what we hope and pray will be the future uh, of the church. Brief uh, personal story, just For those of you who don't know us or don't know me, let me just give you a brief uh, uh, thumbnail sketch of of my own life. I grew up in Texas, Uh, eventually went to the University of Texas at Austin in the capital of that state, 
graduated, became a, a believer in Christ, a Christ follower, uh, late in my college experience. Uh, my senior year, I became acquainted with a ministry, a college student ministry, now known as Crew. Uh, the young men who were on the staff of that organization really helped me in my growth and development as a young Christian. And so after I graduated, I, instead of going to graduate school like I had planned, I thought I would go for a couple years and get some training and try to learn possibly how to help young men in the way that uh, the help had been passed along to me. They uh, assigned me to a university on the eastern area of the U.S., uh, was there for uh, six years uh, before working with some students in, in another capacity. But while I was there, over those years, I began reading for the first time in my life about Christian missions. And as I've shared uh, before in our congregation, uh, if we look at a map of the world uh, and then we locate Singapore and Southeast Asia, if we draw a map, a line, a 3,000 miles straight out and make a big circle, about 60% of the people in the world uh, live within that circle. Only 5 uh, to 10% of the Christians in the world live in this strategic region even though uh, the majority of the people in the world live there. So as I discovered that, as I read more about Christian missions, slowly over a period of several years, I became convinced that if God were to open the doors, that someday uh, I should probably uh, move to this part of the world and try to make some small contribution. So my plan started changing from you know, a, a graduate school and a couple of other areas uh, into a long-term commitment to Christian uh, vocational work. And then eventually, through some very unusual experiences, when I was about 25 years old, I became convinced that China was a place that I should seek to minister, to go and engage, try to make some contribution in future years. Uh, when I met Iris as a young staff woman on our campus, uh, I was her boss. And uh, since we got married, that has modified significantly. <laughs> that uh, strategic balance has really tilted you know, in another direction. Uh, uh, the, uh, uh, I uh, actually came with her uh, to Beijing in the 31 years ago this summer. And took her, we were with a group of college students, helped lead a group of college students in to study the language in Beijing here for uh, that summer. Took her to the Beijing uh, Friendship Hotel restaurant one evening and said, marry me and come back to China someday. Uh, Beijing was a very different place 31 years ago. Uh, but So she had to take some serious time to think about that. But eventually she uh, bought in. I was able to persuade her that it took years for us to get over to this part of the world, but eventually after seminary and graduate school, we moved to Hong Kong in 1993 and then to Beijing in 1996. Now, for the first, we've been over here, therefore, for, in this part of the world for 20 years uh, this summer. Uh, for about the first 10 years, 
both in Hong Kong and in Beijing, uh, my job, our job, uh, was to be engaged in a project, a very, uh, what we thought was a very strategic project, to uh, translate uh, some very uh, significant biblical and theological study materials into China, into Chinese, and make that available to this growing church in China so that leaders, um, thank you, so that leader, developing leaders in China could have an opportunity to study the scripture systematically and learn how both men and women learn how to minister and to be useful and in the kingdom of God uh, be more effective. After we moved to Beijing, um, we became involved in the Beijing International Christian Fellowship. That was the only church in the city at the time. So if you wanted to attend church in 1996, uh, you went to the Beijing International Christian Fellowship. Today, of course, it's a community of about 2,000 that meets principally in the 21st century hotel uh, complex down inside uh, 3rd Ring Road, between 3rd and 4th Ring Road. And then over uh, the next few years, uh, they got very deeply involved in the ministry of that fellowship. We, we, some of our closest friends in life that will remain friends for the rest of our life are leaders in the BICF. Of course, many have left Beijing since we were engaged, but I eventually served on the management board as, an, as a teaching elder. Uh, wrote the constitution for the church and a strategic plan, helped hire the first staff, developed the infrastructure of the church along with the other elders and the staff that slowly came on board. However, the first year that we moved up here, uh, I, about three weeks after we arrived, uh, our boys were really suffering because we took them out of a very warm and uh, affirming environment in school in Hong Kong into uh, Beijing in 1996. It was very difficult uh, to for us to make that adjustment, much more difficult to move from Hong Kong here than it was to move from the States to Hong Kong. But we discovered uh, a Beijing Sports League. Uh, the, the, the sports leagues were not well organized uh, 17 years ago. Uh, ISB and Western Academy and some of the other schools did not have well-organized sports activities, so we discovered that our boys could play, you know, soccer, baseball on Saturday morning. So I became a coach and, and helped organize this league of, of hundreds of young people that would come on Saturday mornings uh, to this field in the city, and we uh, would coach kids. And over the years, uh, as I... Um, was engaged in coaching and also engaged in the BICF, discovered that uh, these were two really different communities. There weren't a whole lot of people uh, in the business community and the diplomatic community, because we knew who was involved in the BICF, who were making the effort to attend the BICF. So over years, I just kept, and a lot of them were moving out to this part of the city, because the schools were relocating out here, uh, didn't want you know. Of course, we don't want our kids to have to commute such a distance into the city, and so there was this growing suburban community out here. And from my close observation, a great majority of them were not going into the city and attending the BICF. So over the years, I just felt somebody ought to do something about that. Somebody ought to do something about that. 
but I never thought about being a pastor, never went to seminary with that on my radar. So long story short, uh, went back for six months, our family did, and the, uh, uh, in 2001, and some people, some guys I respect, looked me in the eye and said, why don't you do something about it? So we thought it through carefully. Uh, we prayed about it. Uh, eventually approached the BICF uh, elders, and uh, they were warmly in favor of it. And so they publicly blessed us as a couple uh, one Sunday morning in the spring of 2003. Iris met the wife of an American embassy couple in a women's Bible study that weren't attending the BICF. And uh, they got real enthused about the idea of trying to launch a community, a congregation, out in this part of the city. So the first uh, gathering of Capital Community was in a living room, their living room, in River Garden, uh, ten years ago this past spring. Uh, It grew slowly, uh, but over the uh, next 12 months, uh, we met in some basements, some living rooms, uh, in Yosemite, in um, Lemon Lake and some different places, but God was clearly involved. Uh, people started coming. Their tent, there was a spree de corps, um, and it wasn't long before about a year passed that we hired the first staff person, uh, a team, a ministry, you know, fine guy, John Sorrell, who was here for eight years. And then, of course, over these years, uh, much has happened. Uh, we have been kicked out of two facilities in Shenyi. Uh, unfortunately, by the authorities and the county. Um, uh, the, we are now in Chaoyang, and the leading authorities, the government authorities in Chaoyang, seem to be much more reasonable uh, than those just north of the river. Uh, so five years ago, we moved into this facility and have very good relations with the authorities in Chaoyang. Uh, when we moved in here five years ago, it was this dirty, cold, hot uh, empty, dusty warehouse, and because God's people, you know, joined together and invested money, uh, we were able to clean the place up, heat it, cool it, outfit the downstairs children's uh, areas. Uh, a year ago this summer, a couple, a wonderful couple, gave 25000 U.S. Uh, to outfit this teen ministry center that's downstairs in the opposite side of the building. Another group gave 15,000 U.S. so that we could install a sound system so people could hear. And so over these years, uh, God, it's been very clear. It's just God, it was God's idea. Uh, and he mobilized a strategic group of people in this part of the city because he wanted to provide uh, a witness for Jesus Christ out here in this very strategic place. Within five minutes, there are five or six English-speaking international schools with over 5,000 students. And their parents uh, are here. Very, most of them all live right here in this area. So it is a strategic place. Beijing is a crossroads of the world, much like the cities of Ephesus and Corinth and Rome were in the ancient world. Uh, Beijing is a very strategic city. Uh, because people from all over the world are passing through here, sometimes for a year, sometimes for two or three. But it's a really a strategic place to try to be an influence for Jesus Christ. I have a very good friend uh, who is an elder at the BICF, 
And one of the statements that he's made over many times, over many years, he quotes Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go into all the world and make disciples. He says, if we don't do that in Beijing, we have no excuse because the whole world uh, lives next door. Uh, And so uh, it's a very compelling and important place uh, for capital community to be having outreach and ministry in this uh, community. And it's been quite clear uh, that it was this has been God's idea that he has pulled it together. He has mobilized a group of families, a fine group of men who serve as elders and that uh, not only has important have important things happened in many lives, Thousands of lives in the last 10 years, but um, the future is bright, very bright. Now, Iris is going to share, um, took a little longer than I intended, just some, you take all the time you need. And she's going to share two or three stories that make it real personal. Some, uh, um, it's one of the great privileges of being a part of Capital is watching God work in people. It's not, you know, as an organization, sometimes we're unorganized. Things fall through the cracks, you know, the bus is late and, you know, they're one thing after the other. But God works in people's lives. And to get to watch that is really a privilege. And it's been a privilege over the years. Last night I stayed up really late writing my top ten moments of Capital Community. I won't have time to do very many right now. <laughs> but... Um, but I'll just tell you a couple. But uh, one of my top ten moments is being, seeing eight people up here on the worship team and realizing that they're from eight different countries. That's really powerful. Uh, another thing is that um, when Joe uh, proposed to Joyce on this stage and then we had the wedding in this room, that was like a top ten. Top ten capital moment for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, we... When we first started meeting with Capital, um, we met in a Chinese hotel, and we rented a, a, a we rented a business room, and um, in the hotel it, it held about 60 to 80 people, and that's where we met on Sunday morning. Um, one of the employees of that hotel, um, I, I'll introduce her in a minute. First, I want to tell you something funny about meeting there. They had these very fragile, very beautiful silk-covered wooden chairs. And so um, we set up the chairs, and, and, and it was great for, you know, Asian people. But every once in a while, we'd have a, you know, great big American guy, and he would plop down in the chair. The legs would just buckle, and he would be on the floor, you know. So when we made announcements every Sunday, you know, now we say, where are your name tag? Back then we said, you know, sit down carefully, <laughs> you know. the chair. And so, you know, several times we had these visitors come in, and they would sit down, bam, you know, they're on the floor, and it would be, Welcome to Capital. We're so glad you're here. You know, and then, of course, we had to pay the hotel for those chairs. That was pretty interesting. But there was an employee at that hotel. She was one of the managers of the t- hotel, actually. It was her job to see that we had everything we needed. Her name is Wang Dongmei, she's, and she's here this morning. I want her to come up to the front. Wang, <laughs> Wang Dongmei... Um, 
every Sunday, she, she would listen. She would watch the children's lessons. She would listen to us sing, and she would ask, "What do these songs mean? You know, what does this mean? What does that mean?" And over she over the years, you know, she's she's been such a blessing. But at the end of the year, we we had to leave that hotel, and Wang Dongmei was very sad, and she couldn't bear to leave us, and we couldn't bear to leave her. So we dis- we found a job. So we we hired her actually, and so she for the last ten years has worked at Capital. You don't see a lot of what she does, but she makes coffee. She makes she is in charge of all that thing. She comes early on Sunday morning, and prepares everything. Um, so I have a gift for her, and I'd like to say something to her in Chinese. I, I'm going to try, but so Wang Dongmei. Okay, you can. I, I hope you get to know her. Um, she's a wonderful, beautiful person. Um, um, another, um, my time is almost up, but no, it's I have, okay. Tell another story. Okay. Okay, let me see. We got up ten minutes late, so we can take <laughs> okay. ten minutes. So um, there was also one of my other favorite stories. Really beautiful story was. I mean, there's so many over the years, but. One is that I got a call and um, from a lady. I didn't. I never talked to her. I didn't know her. And she asked. Um, she said that somebody at her company, the, in the HR department, actually, had given her my name and and said that she could give me some counsel. So I said sure. So I met her at Starbucks and um, I went to Starbucks and she told me a very painful story about her marriage. She was really she was really suffering. Um, her husband was suffering. Her children were suffering, and it was, you know, she was really distraught. And I, I had a lot of compassion for her. I think I even shed some tears with her. I listened and asked questions, and you know, we were there about an hour and a half. And she said, she ended her story with, "I need some legal counsel, and I need counsel on how to protect myself." And I said, "Well, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I, I don't know what." You were told about who I am, but I can't. I can't give you any legal counsel, um, and I'm not. I'm not a psychologist, but you know, I'm a Christian, and I, I do know something about relationships. I, I can give you some counsel about marriage, and and I know that God God can work miracles. And I, you know, I just need you to know up front that anything I share with you is going to come from that perspective because I'm a Christian. And she. She kind of laughed in my face. She rolled her eyes. She's just, you know, the last, the last thing I need right now is to talk about God. It's like, and you know, she kind of laughed at me. So I, I was like, that hadn't happened in a long time. So I, I just like, did this woman just laugh in my face? But anyway, so um, I get a little riled, riled up, I guess. <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I wouldn't laugh if I were you. And I said, if I were you. You just told me you're suffering, your family's suffering. If I were you, I would fight for my family. I would look under every rock for an answer, and I am sitting here telling you that I have an answer. And if you just walk away from that, that is not very smart. So you think about it. <laughs> so I got a little feisty, uh, and um, 
And so I gave her a card and I said, here's information about our church. She said, I am not coming to church. Like, there's no way. And I said, you know, well, just keep the card, you know, um, in case. Um, and when I said goodbye, I said, I am going to be praying for you. And she goes, yeah, yeah, a lot of good that'll do. Um, and she said, I don't believe in that. And I said, I do. And I have seen God answer some prayers. And I'm going to pray for you, you know, whether you like it or not. <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't say that. Um, but um, so, you know, a few weeks went by. I thought, I'm never going to hear from her again, you know. Um, so one Sunday, they had the visitors stand up, just like you did this morning, and there she was. And you know what? The sermon that week was on marriage. So I, you know, so I waited till the end because she was in the middle. And, you know, and so at the end of the service, I went over to her and she was crying. She said, I don't know why I'm crying. I, can't, I haven't been able to stop crying, you know, from the time I came in here, you know. And I said, you know, and she goes, but I have to go get my children. My children are really, they're very fear, fearful and um, they need, you know, they're not going to do well and I need to go get them. So we went down and her, her little boy runs up to her and says, look, mommy, look what I made. I had fun, you know. And I thought, oh, wow, that's so great of God, you know. Um, but anyway, um, after that, women in the church befriended her. Men in the church came to know her husband and encouraged and helped her husband. They went to a small group in their neighborhood who, who loved them and surrounded them. And fast forward, I don't have time to tell all the stories, but two and a half years later, it was Easter morning. I'm standing at the back and they're sitting at the middle. And I just happened to look at them when at a, a moment they had their kids in their lap. They're sitting at church and he, he turns to her and smiles at her with such affection and put his arm around her and hugged her. And I stood in the back and I thought, yes, God won. I was like, I was having a hallelujah moment back there. Nobody knew what it was about. But I was just like, yes. You know, I just, it made me so happy. Um, Tom one time met the husband and he said, I've been to church. The husband was actually from a Christian background, but he said, I went to church all my life. I've never heard people talk about God like this. And And also, you know, uh, people who've been very far from the Christian tradition, we've seen this over and over, people from a Buddhist background, people from certain kinds of Christian backgrounds uh, around the world. But there's something about worship. If worship is led well, uh, if people pray for the Spirit of God to make himself real in worship, uh, that is one of the most powerful uh, witnesses to the reality of God, I think, because people can come in, they, they sense it. They can't explain it. They don't know what's going on. Uh, three weeks ago, there was a person who came in and never been to church in her life, uh, and there was something that very significant was going on uh, during the worship because that, when we exalt uh, our God and we focus our minds and hearts and attention on Him and exalt Him, recognize who He is, He makes Himself known, even to people that have no idea uh, what's happening or they have no concept of biblical truth. It was funny that she, um, she, you want to say what she asked her husband when they were leaving, where they went to? Yeah, we, we, one of the last Sundays they were here, this, I mean, there was a very significant change in this couple's life and in their family. They, they had a spiritual awakening and she became, she came to faith in Christ 
They had a very significant spiritual awakening. Their kids were exposed to the love of Christ through the, te- the children's programs. Uh, and one of the last Sundays they were here, we had a, a dear friend of mine who's been in Japan for 25 years, uh, a very wonderful Christian man and his wife, and we interviewed them. And uh, uh, after they were, uh, I think Iris, in, in conversation with her, said, uh, she, she said, you know, sweetheart, maybe we can go to Japan someday. As missionaries. <laughs> she told her husband she wanted to be a missionary to Japan. And he, mm-hmm. and he said, well, honey, I think we need to learn a little bit first. So it was so, really great. So it was, it was, really, it was really significant. I, one, I just, one last story. I'm going to tell this really quick. One of my top ten moments at Capitol actually happened in a small group. Tom had preached that Sunday on um, David and his sin and how he confessed his sin. And he closed his sermon with, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Um, One of the women sitting in that really heard that sermon and she really thought about it. She came to a small group that I led that week. She had typed out a confession. She said she had never told anyone in her life. And she brought it and her hands were shaking. She said, I need to read this to you. And she said, I, I don't know, maybe you're going to reject me after you hear this, but I, I want to obey, you know, what Tom said. She came, so she read, she looked down, she didn't look in our eyes, and she, she read this typed out confession that she had written about something she had done that she had never told anyone. And the rest of us were, we had tears, and we had compassion, and when, when she finished reading, she looked up to see, you know, was there going to be rejection and condemnation? And we were all looking at her with love and all had tears. And one by one, people said, God forgives you. It's gone as far as the east is from the west. And somebody said, you were set up for that. It makes me angry for the people who set you up for that. And another person read her a verse. And another part of person, you know, sang a little thing. You know, it was just like... It was so, it was a holy ground. We were all kind of whispering and, and with her and loving her. And one, you know, somebody would hug her. And um, one of the women, you know, when there was a moment of silence, one of the women said, that is the most courageous and spectacular thing I have ever seen. And it was, that was one of my top ten moments of Capitol because there was healing, there was, there was an honesty and a confession, there was forgiveness, and there was healing, and God was in the middle of that. Um, that was one of my top ten moments. Um, and an, another, this, I'll just say a sentence, I won't tell the story. But when um, a, a Christian husband with a Jewish wife, the Jewish wife came and became a part of Capital, took her a long, long time, we were offering communion just like we did this morning. Tom and I were up at the front with the bowl and the dish. And everybody had had communion. And this husband had been praying for his wife for so long. And just at the last moment before we were going to sit down, she stands up. And the husband, his face is just like, he can't believe it. And they walk up and they're both in tears, both sobbing, you know. And she said, I want to take communion and to offer the bread to her and say, this is the body of Christ broken for you. (laughs) Give her the wine. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. It was one of my, oh, that was one of my top ten moments. And then she was baptized in this room. 
And when she was baptized, she looked at the people in this room and she said, thank you, people of Capitol, for loving me to Jesus. That was one of my top ten moments. <laughs> so there's so more, but I will close and stop. Um, next week, we're going to share the platform again, and we're going to uh, share the key values uh, that we pray and hope will be a part of the congregation uh, for years to come. And we'll also share a little bit about our sense of, of direction. Um, uh, this hasn't been slow and it hasn't been anything real instantaneous. Um, it's been something that seems to have been evolving over a couple of years. And uh, we don't know absolutely sure uh, what... Uh, My plan is to come back, so I don't know what... <laughs> And I'm happy that that may be exactly, you know, God may bring us back here in a year. Uh, he may uh, lead us on to new horizons because that seems to have been the pattern in the past. Uh, but um, we'll see. Let me let me uh, talk about that boss thing. But you know, <laughs> um, just this morning, I was having a devotional time uh, with the Lord, and I found this quote uh, from a guy named Wayne Muller that's in his book, Sabbath, Restoring the Sacred Rhythm of Rest. And in that book, he says, uh, we are not so important. Uh, we are simply dust and spirit. At best, loving Midwives, participants in a process much, much larger uh, than ourselves. If we are quiet and listen and sense how God is moving, perhaps we can be wise enough to put our hands on what waits to be born. And bless it with kindness and care. And uh, this uh, capital community is a, a child of God's doing. There have been so many people over so many years who have uh, collaborated together that the fellowship would not possibly have succeeded except for the body uh, and the collaboration of gifts and motivations and, and so many good people. We've been... Uh, it's been a, a wonderful experience, uh, uh, for the most part, uh, for for us. And uh, um, but we will share more next week. Pray for us in closing. Lord, we love the way you love us. We know that when you look at your people, you are pleased. We are your children. We are. You are so pleased when we love one another, when we care for one another. Um, when we give grace to one another. I know you are so pleased when you look at these people. I pray for your blessing and your power um, and your grace and your truth to go on and on and on in this body. And uh, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.